Hello, and welcome to the Blast From Our Past podcast. We're the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and more. And today we're going to be bringing you an album review. I'm John. I'm Adam. And today we're going to be talking about the band Arrested Development and their album, Three Years, Five Months, and Two Days in the Life Of. And Adam, this is one that you specifically wanted to talk about, right? That's correct. Uh, this album holds a very special place in my heart. Uh, Arrested Development, who a lot of people don't even really know they're a band and that they're a hip-hop group. Uh, whenever I talk about, oh man, you know, I'm listening to Arrested, Arrested Development, they're all like, you mean the TV show? I'm like, fuck no, you <laughs> fucking idiots. <laughs> The rest of the band, like the the group, they came out a long time ago, way before the movie or the show did. They actually did try to put litigation on the show, oh, really? what because of the names and uh, there was definite confusion, um, but right. it didn't end up working and going through, uh, which is fine. But yeah, so anyway, this album is one of my absolute favorite hip hop albums. To me, it what it what it brings me back to is uh, it reminds me of our mother. You know, we have certain things mm-hmm. that, that that our parents introduced us to. To me, this was one of the albums that our mom played. Uh, particularly, I always remember it, that she played it, you know, when we had like those big uh, cleaning, spring cleaning weekends yep. and shit like that. And like always mom yep. would pretty much put on albums and have them going like she would blast them in the stair in the speaker <laughs> right and and pretty yeah. much you would have like one album blasting throughout the entire house and we would all be split up and do our separate cleaning duties like for that yeah. for that weekend or for that day or whatever i think i i usually got the garage is that <laughs> well you were you were in the garage mostly <laughs> yeah sense. i got the garage a lot i had to re- rearrange the garage which sucked but yeah. at the same time you know it happened yeah i remember having to dust a lot and I hated dusting. I still hate dusting. Uh, but it's all right. Uh, but anyway, this was one of the albums that our mom put on. And I just felt like it was one that I would, I would listen from top to bottom constantly all the time. And so I really mm-hmm. developed a strong love for Arrested Development because of hearing this one so many times. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of theirs. I have seven different... Arrested Development albums. I have five Speech, who is the main right. rapper and kind of like the leader of the group. I have five of his solo albums. Uh, I'm a I'm a definite fan of Arrested Development, and it all started from listening to this one, which was their debut album. Yeah, which is wild because the the album itself uh, came out in '92, actually March 24th of '92, but the band had been together since '87. Yeah, yeah, they. Uh, they formed in Atlanta, I believe. Like they're they're an Atlanta-based hip hop mm-hmm. group. Um, I would say, you know, I, I, I believe ha- us. Yeah. I believe Speech went to the Art Institute of Atlanta. Yeah, I think so. I think most of them, if he, if if not just him, I think him, I think Bob, Baba OJ and Headliner might have all been from that Art Art Institute, and that's kind of where they started to form. I think. Okay. I, I can't. Yeah, I'm not fully sure, but uh, yeah, they're they're kind of like um, they're. A group that has had definitely different iterations throughout time. You like, you know, people come in and they leave, and then maybe they come back. Um, but at least it seems mostly head or um, mostly speech is is the main guy in the group for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so much so that he actually is the only producer of this album, which for a, an a debut album hmm. and a member of the band to produce it is crazy, kind yeah. of. Yeah. And the fact that it got so big, yeah, you know, they did such a good job. That doesn't surprise me though. Like listening to, um, you know, the AD albums and then also Speech's solo stuff. Like I love some of his solo albums almost as much or, or more than a lot of the other Arrested Development mm-hmm. albums. So like he he is like super talented, and I'm a big big fan. Yeah, I like him a lot. Cool. All right. Uh, so yeah. So as I mentioned, it came out in '92. Uh, it was put out on uh, e- uh, Chrysalis, which is uh, EMI's ro- uh, uh, mm. EMI's label. Mm-hmm. Members of the band, uh, pretty extensive. Yeah, yeah, they got. There are a lot of people. You know, it's uh, you mentioned uh, Baba OJ, the uh, guitar player named Brother Larry, uh, Mont Show Eshe, which I'm not entirely sure what they did. And then they pronounce it Ishi. Ishi. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dion Ferris she, she, on she vocals. Was, yeah, Dion Ferris. She only uh, Mancho Ishi was she. She was a f- one of the main female voices in the group. Okay. Um, Dion Ferris 
just lended her voice to three different songs on the album, actually. Okay. Uh, but uh, and and they're three solid songs: uh, "Fishing for Religion," uh, "Give a Man a Fish," and "Tennessee." Were all ones, okay. and she was never like an official member of the band. Okay, she just came in for those songs. She just came in for those songs. Um, yeah. She was kind of like, yeah. Uh, but what's kind of funny is, so she left the group, um, you know, in uh, September of '92. So she only lasted, or she was only like on these three songs. She wasn't in any other eighty right. uh, albums that I know of. Um, but she left in '92 before a show at the Fox Theater in Atlanta uh, after having a fight with Speech and Headliner uh, from the band. Oh. So they they're just like oh, they they apparently clashed. But, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it worked out for her. Dion yes. Ferris did okay solo wise. Yes, she did. I, you, I really like. I mean, everybody likes her song. I feel uh, like her main song, at least that, that most people know, the one single "I Know," is yeah. a very catchy, fun good song. I know what you do. It's a it's a really fun song. I enjoy that one a lot. Yeah, it's it's one it's one that when when it comes on the radio, I'm just like, oh yeah, the '90s baby. <laughs> <laughs> and then headliner, which I believe is the main DJ. Yeah, exactly. He all the scratching, yeah. exactly all the DJ stuff. Uh, yeah, is headliner. Uh, and they they've got a bunch of other people who uh, came in. They have stylist listed on their <laughs> on their. Uh, on their personnel for the album, yeah. which I, you know, I is important. That makes sense. Uh, and and Baba OJ, uh, as you kind of mentioned, you know, he's what they kind of call consider the elder of the group. And Baba uh-huh. OJ, it, it's really they they kind of take the mentality um, from you know kind of like from African society of you know trust your elders, love your elders. You know, they're going to be the spiritual guides, you know, for right. your group. And Baba OJ, I don't I don't know if he really plays too many, you know, how much how much musical accompaniment he does on the album i can't remember i've seen i remember seeing some like live performances on like maybe the mpv Mu- mtv music awards or mm-hmm. something like that i don't really remember seeing him do anything other than just kind of sit there exactly you know, i think he, he does more than sit there but it, like he's like a spiritual kind of leader and that kind of stuff from um, yeah. a lot of other songs uh you know you, you the more you listen to uh arrested development on other albums they kind of like they give you like ideas of who they are and what they do and, and, and what, you know, each kind of person or what their, what their culture and what um, just their different messages kind of mean to them. And uh, yeah. And Bob OJ is uh, yeah. Just like the, the one uh, elder of the group that uh, has kind of helped, helped guide them. Yeah. And then they had a you know series of other musicians on there. Larry Jackson on saxophone, Terrence Mason on vocals, Rasa Don on drums. And yeah. Sister Paulette also on vocals. I don't know if that's a member. Is that a was that a permanent member of the group uh, or just on the album? Not that I remember. I think that's just the album. Okay, and just got a slew of uh, engineers and mastering and producing and stuff like that. So, but largely produced by Speech. A couple other just things of note: uh, the album's title, three years, five months, and two days in the life of, refers to the length of time it took Arrested Development to get a record contract. So uh, that was the length, and then they got the record contract. Uh, and then also, something that we'll definitely be talking about, but um, in, in 1992, the vast majority of popular rap out there were things like gangster rap, was gangster rap. Things like The Chronic, I think, came out in 92. Um, other stuff like, you know, this, this was a big time for, you know, like kind of thug and gangster right. rap. And yeah. this album is a complete departure from that, you know, as as but still being hip hop, still being rap uh, and showing that you can have, you know, not you're not just you don't just have to, you know, show that you're you're a thug kind of person. You know, there are totally different messages in this album. And I think it's fantastic. I love the positivity. So. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty interesting that, you know, you got very two different stark contrasts in the rap world. Of from Arrested Development and then other people like, like uh, Dr. Dre, whoever, etc. Right. But yeah. yeah, exactly. All right, well let's uh, let's start talking about the album, and we we start with uh, not really a song. I mean, kind yeah. of a song. Yeah. Um, but more sort of like an uh, an introduction. Mm-hmm. An Definitely. introduction. Um, and that was uh, the track titled "Man's Final Frontier." Man's Final Frontier is the song. 
guided by someone more powerful than any human being. Someone felt, but never seen. You would be surprised at what resides in your insides. It's kind of an interesting uh, beginning. We get a little bit uh, uh, from Ishii. I think you so, said? yep. yep. Uh, from Ishii. And it's mostly kind of a, a display. I would kind of call it sort of like headliner's introduction because there's a lot mm-hmm. of scratching, a lot of sampling. It seems like this is probably something that is him. Mm. Yeah, I mean, maybe possible. speech is involved. I'm sure speech was involved in it, but it seems like because there's a lot of scratching. I'm sure it's something that they actually started their show with. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does absolutely. It kind of feels like it's setting up the group and setting up like a show, like a, an event. Um, mm-hmm. I I'm not a huge fan of this song. It's definitely not one of my favorites, but I do find it interesting. And I think it's a it, the way you put it, an interesting way to start up the album because I you know you, you get a bunch of different eclectic sounds to it. You know, you get different mm-hmm. stuff, and I feel like it kind of helps set up the actual group themselves because they're kind of like an, an eclectic group, if you will. You know, they're. They're diff- this is going to be a different thing than what you're normally used to. Um, right. And uh, it's going to be, you know, this is not the norm. You know, this is, this is, these are different eclectic stuff. Uh, this is a different kind of sound from the norm that you get. It's the n- not the norm of pop culture, early 90s stuff. It's not New Kids on the Block. It's not, it's not <laughs> other popular gangster rap. Like, it's its own thing. And like, this is just kind of like, punching you in the face boom space ant man's final frontier and it's just like <laughs> jumping you into like oh shit i'm listening to something different and yeah and i'm okay with that um but you know this is not one i'm gonna go back and like i, I don't listen to just space or just man's final frontier ever no um it's when no. i want to listen to the whole album I'll, i drop it on and then just let it ride but i don't right. i don't go back like some of the other ones i go back and like have on other playlists and listen to it every now and then not this right. one <laughs> yeah but yeah, it's still a good, a good setup. A good setup. It is more one I'm inclined to skip, especially if I'm just not. Mm-hmm. If I don't have time to listen to the whole album, if, you know, if I'm not on a big long road trip or something like that, I'm just wanna, yeah. you know, kind of way to get to get to my favorites or something like that. I'll generally skip it. So yeah, I, I really don't have too much more to say about this yeah. first song. So that's right. Um, uh, however, the second one is one I really enjoy, mm. uh, and that one's "Mama's Always on Stage." <laughs> the start is a, a sample of a tune by Buddy Guy and Junior Wells called We're Ready, which is actually an instrumental tune. There's no singing on that uh, mm-hmm. on that uh, Buddy Guy tune. And that's exactly how it starts.
they use the actual intro from the song, and then they use a few licks from Junior Wells's uh, harmonica playing. I was gonna say like later on, later on in the song. Okay, yeah, I like the harmonica on there, and I was like, oh wait, did they? If they if they took that from you know Buddy Guy and Junior Wells, I know Junior Wells is a great harmonica blues player, blues harmonica player from you know yeah. for a long time. Okay, so that's that's his stuff. So they didn't, yeah, but but that makes sense. I I, I do I like that harmonica quite a bit. Uh, this song is yeah. fun. You know, it moves pretty well. Um, I like the scratching yeah. that they add. I mean, they add you know you get harmonica, you get scratching, you get you get a, yeah. a, a good pace to it. Um, it's, I almost I yeah. like the almost sort of dichotomy of it because you get the the currentness at the time of the scratching mm-hmm. and sort of an I don't know I mean, you could call it an, an homage to mm-hmm. you know the bluesman the original mm-hmm. the original bluesman you know especially in in or, you know in black society at the time that was their music because it didn't come over until white society basically until Elvis yeah until he stole it and the Beatles until he stole, stole it, it. yeah yeah well. Blues became popular in Europe way before it became mm. sort of popular, I guess, in the U.S. Mm. Um, uh, our, our father was a, a big listener of the blues, and I remember him telling me, you know, in oddly in places like Germany, blues singers were held in very high regard. Yeah. Well, I mean, they I know... They loved them over there. Yeah, I know, like, even still to today... Uh, there's certain places in Europe that you know blues musicians have a much better, you know, kind of quality of life because nobody wants to listen to blues all that often out here. But like you go out to Europe or something, and you you're going right. to get consistent uh, shows and concerts. So that's yeah. kind of cool. Since we're talking about the blues, I'm not opposed to giving a shout out to, uh, um, I guess our new family member. It's, yeah. This is about the easiest way I can say yeah. to describe <laughs> our relationship with him, uh, Dave Robinson, who is a, a great blues guitarist and singer over in England. Yeah, um, yeah, and he goes by the moniker the Cold Heart Review, so check him out if you would. On iTunes, he's on iTunes, and you can find him. Uh, I don't know, probably on YouTube. I don't know. Oh yeah, I, I know his albums are on uh, iTunes. So yeah, no, he's he's uh got some some damn good guitar work. Uh, I very much uh, like listening to his stuff. So. But but uh, anyway, Mama's always on stage. Uh, it's it's a head bopper for you. It's it's yeah. not one of my favorites, but it is one that yeah, it gets me it gets me kind of moving. And I think it, yeah. it flows pretty well from uh, Man's Final Frontier to Mama's Always on Stage. Like you're gonna get two quick moving songs to like start off this album and keep it going. Right. And they they also had to they also had to credit Harry Belafonte on the song uh. because the very very end of the song there's this little sample tiny little sample from a song called parents or people that was by harry belafonte and marlo thomas it's oh. the it's the last thing you hear oh. and it almost sounds like an afterthought and it, it's weird that they have to kind of credit him for it but that's where that sample comes from yeah all right so let's move on to the next one which is one of their big hits uh, yeah. and that was uh, people every day See, I was resting at the park, minding my own. Business as I kick up the treble tone. On my radio tape, play a box, right? Just loud enough so folks can hear us hype. See, out of nowhere comes a woman update. Investigation, maybe she was demonstrating. But nevertheless, I was pleased. My day was going great, and my soul was at ease. Because if I start. So obviously uh, taken and sampled from Everyday People by Sly and the Family Stone, but I have mm-hmm. to say I really kind of like this iteration that yeah. he does. Um, yeah. I like it, it, the change. I like the beat he adds to it. You know, and it it tells a I don't know it tells a story of something that you know you and I could never identify with. Yeah, correct. Um, but it is kind of an interesting. I don't. I, it's 
through music, I feel like it's an interesting window into a world we don't understand but need to understand. Mm-hmm. I mean, speaking about that message, obviously it's about the black community. Um, like this song is very has a very strong like Afrocentric message where. Um, you know, really what he's talking to is, is is his fellow black community about like, hey, guys, you know, we we need to be better. We need to be smarter. We don't need to be thugs. You know, really what I, I love about this album, that's, that's what I love about A.D. in general is they have such a positive message of, of inclusion and betterment and positivity of just like, you know, can't we all just be better people? And I'm like, mm-hmm. hell yes. Like, that's that's the kind of message I want to be hearing a lot more, and that's the one I want to be following. And it, this kind of music really helps me do that. Um, so I, I love this song. It's got, yeah, got good beats to it. You know, it, it already ties back to a nostalgic part because, you know, everybody loves the Sly and the Family Stone song, Everyday People. Yeah. Uh, and so people every day, you know, taking a lot of that parts that we already love and then turning it into like a, hey, let's all, let's all be together. Let's all, you know, act like humans. Uh, and be smarter and be better. Um, I like that. Uh, this is definitely one of like the three biggest on the album. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about the others as well. Uh, capped at uh, it capped at number eight on the U.S. Uh, Hot 100. Okay, yeah, which wish- is pretty good. I mean, in in the year end, it came in at 67. Okay, at the year end, which okay. is I mean, which isn't bad. That still yeah it hits the top 100. Um, it reached number one on the Canada dance charts. Ooh, all right, go way to go, Canada. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do want to call out there is a remix version that I, I actually I like a lot. Okay. Uh, they call it the, the Metamorphosis remix. Um, and it's not like terribly different, but what it is, it's a, it's a little bit smoother. It's a little bit catchier than the, the original studio version, and I highly recommend it. I think it's it might even be the one that radios play nowadays if you hear it on the radio more than the original one. Oh, okay. But I actually I probably prefer it to the original and it's uh, it's just solid. Like in general, though, this song is very solid. It's one that I consistently come back to. Uh, I'm definitely a fan of People Every Day. Was there was that off of a specific album, or did they just sort of release it no, as its own single? I think it was its own single that they just dropped out. Okay. Yeah, or maybe not even a single. Maybe it was like a B side. I can't remember. But um, yeah, it's just yeah the uh, People Every Day Metamorphosis remix. I don't I don't remember it coming on a separate album. Okay. But um, I just remember eventually finding it and having it <laughs> and getting it so and then we get kind of a I don't know, it's like a transition it's a short little transition uh from a track that's called blues happy hey yes indeed this is speech from arrested development i'm the leader <laughs> my nose is stuffed up John. check it out i'm the leader homeboy right over there headliner is the turntable instrumentalist we got ellie to be over there with a crazy soul chilling Razadon is chilling, he's in the house. That's the man, he designs all our logos. This just kind of furthers my thought that this track is really just kind of, it's a studio version of a live show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think they wanted it to feel like a live show because, you know, it's just speech talking to the, they talking to you, he's talking to the audience. Yes, exactly. Just like you would, you know, at a, at a, at a concert. And, and then I actually, also, I like that they put it, they put it basically where I would want the introductions done in an actual concert. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I, I hate it when, and I, this is a really weird picky thing to be picky about. <laughs> I hate it when artists come out and immediately just start talking to the audience. Mm. Because to me, it just slows everything down. Mm-hmm. To me, the ideal thing is you play two high energy, catchy songs back to back, then you talk to the audience. Yeah. Play, come out, play one song, immediately go into the next song, then you talk to the audience. Don't talk to them before yeah. that. That's that's pretty much, yeah, that's what you're getting here. To me, that's a good introduction because you just, boom, you get, because first of all, audience have been, audiences are, usually have been waiting there yes. for a long time by yeah, the time the artist actually gets out, especially if there's, you know, an opening act or two opening acts. And even if it's not, even if there's no opening act, usually no band goes on right on time. Yeah. So I kind of like the way that they structured this because it, it makes me think that that's how they would kind of do it in, in a live show. And that actually makes me happy. Yeah, I think you're right. Exactly. You kind of get your you get your intro with uh, Man's Final Frontier. You get then the two kind of like fairly high energy songs, strong with moms on stage, people every day. And then you kind of get then you get this this introduction. And it's, it is it's exactly it's an introduction to the to the group. And uh, I will say I actually have removed it from my library. <laughs> Uh, well, it's it's unnecessary yeah, for when, just if you if it's just yes. the music you're interested in. Yeah, you know, 
um, it it makes for a great. It seems like they really tried to input or in, input transitions and yeah. sort of intermissions, if you will. Inter, interludes, yeah. Interludes into into it, so that it makes the, the the album kind of flow in a certain way. Yeah, no, they exactly they wanted it for their flow. Yeah, and because of streaming and I, you know, and iTunes and how that's all adjusted, um, I just don't really. I don't really go back to that, and I don't really want it. I just kind of want the music mostly. I'm not a big fan of like the interludes. Like you get bands like I don't know, like Tool or mm-hmm. or other ones who had like little skits. Or I think I've even right. seen like Offspring do like little skits and stuff. And tons of bands have done that. Right. I almost always delete every single one of them, um, just because like I, I I do understand how you know in the album generation you know they're trying to create a certain flow or trying to, you know, do a certain experience. But more often than not, unless it's like Tenacious D where the skits are the album and, they, you know, and, and it's, that's something different. Uh, mostly I'm just like, all right, uh, I'm just gonna, I'm going to get rid of it. Um, I mean, I respect the idea the way you put it exactly. It's a, it, this is like a live studio experience for it, but uh, I, I don't, I don't ever listen to blues happy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's move on. All right, so this next one, I think the intro to this song, what Billie Jean did in the 80s, <laughs> this song did in the 90s. Every single person oh. who heard this drum intro knew exactly what was coming. Yep. The little weird scream that he does, it, yeah. boom, everyone knew exactly what that was. Um, and, of course, we're talking about the song Mr. Wendell. A dollar. In fact, no, brother man, here, have two. Two dollars means a snack for me, but it means a big deal to you. Be strong, serve God only. Know that if you do, beautiful heaven awaits. As to pull my rope for the first time, I saw a man with no clothes, no money, no plate, Mr. Wendell. That's his name. No one ever knew his name, cause he's a no one. Never thought twice about spending on an old bum until I had the chance to really get to know one. Now that I Mr. Lord, ah, fuck yeah, love that song. I I think uh, I think like a lot of songs that get overplayed on the radio. Eventually, I kind of got sick of this one, but having have put some space between mm. the '90s and now, going back to listen to it, I love listening to this song. Yeah. First of all, it it grooves, but it's not too fast. It's a nice. It's like a nice walking pace, you know. Mm-hmm. It's kind of smooth all the way through. I love the message of, you know, helping, basically like helping the homeless, helping, yeah. helping your fellow man. And, uh, I don't know, it's just, it's a, it's a fun feel, uh, kind of a feel good song. Yeah. Oh yeah. This was, uh, pretty much like my favorite AD song from the second I heard it and it has never gone away. I didn't have that I didn't need time away from Mr. Wendell. Me and Mr. <laughs> Wendell are good, good friends. It's actually one of the most played songs in my entire like iTunes library. Um, uh-huh. it's, it's probably in like my top three of most played songs because I just love Mr. Wendell. Yeah. As you mentioned a great message to it. It's something that just this song from that first, like do and then, then, then as yeah, his scream at the beginning, like immediately I get a smile and I just smile through it. Like it makes me happy. It makes me feel better. The message in it makes me feel really good. Yeah, it's it is it's very interesting, and it's it's the song that I can't not appreciate. I, I just keep the second it's on, I'm gonna listen to it all the way through. Maybe I'll hit repeat once or twice as well. <laughs> like right. uh, this this is my quintessential AD song. It's not even their biggest hit, which I was shocked. I thought it was, but because maybe it is to me. Like to me, when I think right. Arrested Development, I think boom, Mr. Wendell. Yeah, I would think most people would associate it that way too. Yeah, uh, Tennessee was actually a bigger hit, right? And actually, I think even to today, Tennessee, I think is played on radio more than Mr. Wendell is. Mr. Wendell was, yeah. Okay. 
So, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's fantastic. It's one of my favorite. I, I mean, I mean, it didn't do poorly on the charts. No, 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 no. It, it did. It, it did charted fine. number it six well. on the on the Billboard Top Hot 100 and number one on the U.S. Dance charts. So yeah. So I mean, it's it's definitely you know one of their exactly one of their three main hits and right. what people will go down and remember them for or remember them for. Um, but yeah, this is uh, they're fantastic. This is I I I don't know. I lo- I just want to listen to more of Mr. Wendell. Like, why are we talking about it? We could be <laughs> listening to Mr. Wendell right now. <laughs> It's a good one, and they do actually sample another Sly and the Family Stone song for this one. It's a song called "Sing a Simple Song." Oh, okay. I don't know. I I've tried listening to "Sing a Simple Song," and I can't figure out where the sample is. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm not listening right. Yeah. But all right. Well, that takes us uh, to the number six song on the album, which is kind I don't know, kind of akin to the first one, to the similar yeah. to "Man's Final Frontier." It's uh, I don't know. It's kind of it seems like a transitional song. Yeah. Not so much, you know, one that was designed to be uh, kind of a hit. And that's the song Children Play With Earth. Okay, the way kids are living is 100% you African boys and girls sat down your Nintendo joysticks right back. Unplug the television and make way for an old vision, which will now be a new vision. Yes, headliner, play the foundation. So I mean, it's got you know a, a message of you know kids go outside, don't mm-hmm. uh, don't stay indoors and stuff. I t- this brings to mind something uh, that I've been discussing recently. Um, I've seen, and you know, I maybe I just need to stop paying attention to social media. I've seen a lot of these you know posts of people who go, you know, in my day we used to play outside, and every time my thought is <laughs> bullshit, <laughs> bullshit. Kids today don't play outside or inside any more or less than they did when we were younger. And that a lot of times it's from people who are younger than me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I remember what it was like. And we still had that. We had Nintendo, you know. Yeah. And you know what? Our parents' generation had the same problem. Their parents told them to go outside and they want to be inside watching cartoons and TV shows. Yeah. want to watch the Looney Tunes. This shit is not new. <laughs> it does not make you special. No one has, no one has, you know, no one spent their, their child in, you know, no generation spent their childhood more or less inside or outside than I feel like they do now. I really don't. Uh, I mean, probably since, since the iteration of like the radio, um, other than that though, you know, you had to, sometimes you had to work for the farm, John. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but no, no that, reason. Th- at that point you're talking about a different, you know, a different lifestyle. And here's yeah. the thing. More people now live in the cities yeah. Then live in, you know, people are flocking to urban areas, flocking. And our parents, you know, our parents grew up in more of a rural area. Mm-hmm. They had to do more shit. They had less technology. It's not, it's not, it was done out of necessity. Trust me, if they <laughs> didn't have to do that shit, they wouldn't have to. No, of course not. Uh, but, I mean, I do, I, st- I still like the message of, you know, go out there, get, I mean, to me, it's not just about like, go play in the dirt. To me, it's get in touch with nature. Yes. You know, like get, you know, mother earth is around you. Go appreciate what she's giving to you and, and, you know, get in there, get dirty, but like, but love, love earth. And like, that's to me what the song is. Um, that, that being said, this is not my favorite song on the album. I don't mind it. But it's definitely not my favorite. It's it's kind of like an easily forgettable song for me. Right. I mean, I like the beat that goes with it. Yeah. It's kind uh, of a. An, 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 yeah. I mean, that's kind of cool. It's kind of an interesting sort of uh, engineered beat and maybe some samples and stuff that go with mm-hmm. it. But yeah, largely it's it's not really you know it's meant to have a message, and like I said, I'm pretty sure it was sort of a transitional song yeah. that gets us uh, to the next one, uh, which is called "Raining Revolution." I said a drip drop, a drip drop. Trip drop, let it rain, let it rain, let God's water feed me, the water of life, mentally rinsing me, physically drenching me, most of frowning upon your arrival, but I need you for survival. It's rainy solutions, it's rainy revolutions, it's rainy revolutions, it's 
Rainy Revolution. It's Rainy Revolution. It's Rainy Revolution. You know, I actually kind of like this song as a zone out song. Yeah, yeah. It's very <laughs> chill. It's something that, like, it's not one I like listening to when I'm driving because I feel like I zone out too much listening to it. Mm hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, it's one that I can put on the background and just kind of sit and relax, close my eyes and not really focus on the song, but just sort of have it be there. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's you know, ex- it, exactly the same note I put. <laughs> like I, it was, <laughs> I can zone out. It's a great song in the background. Like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my, my exactly. top two notes. <laughs> <laughs> that's exact. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's not much to it. It's fairly yeah. repetitive. Yeah, I mean there there is you know there there is some messaging in there absolutely. Yeah. But because of how chill it is, I don't honestly I, the message doesn't soak in as much. Um, just because I'm just like yeah man I'm just chilling I'm just chilling with the song and I'm kind of coasting. Um, but it is kind of a nice. It feels like a nice departure from some of the other ones where it's just like yeah. boom we're gonna hit you with these social messages social messages and you know it's it's you know everything that you know means means a lot to us and so you listen to the lyrics very intently like with Mr. Wendell I listen to those lyrics very intently even people people every day absolutely come raining revolution yeah they are absolutely you know still a song with a message but it's so chill that I'm just kind of like I'm just riding along with it and it's kind of a to me it's a nice different and uh, departure from what the other out parts of the album are it's pretty much all i had to say about the song so okay. unless you have anything else we're gonna move on to the next one okay which is one i'm gonna have a lot more to say because this next one might actually be my favorite one on that on the album okay uh, and that's uh, fishing for religion First of all, I love the beat behind it. This is actually one of the songs I use as a warm-up song. If I'm gonna, if I have to drum, mm-hmm. if I'm, you know, if I'm getting behind the drums, I'll put this song on and drum with it because it's a fairly simple beat behind it, but it's high energy, so I can it kind of can get get my you know get my hands warmed up and stuff like that, and I can kind of mess around with it while I'm while I'm playing the beat. And mm-hmm. I I I just love the song. I love the message. I've had my own issues with religion in the past. Um, until I, you know, especially when I was younger and a teenager, mm-hmm. I kind of had my own little, you know, as you do, you start to question everything. And yeah, we, li- we were in a weird, I feel like we were in a weird world where we were in the, the sort of Baptist bubble of the South Yeah, and in a situation where we were never really grew up religious, but you're kind of influenced by the people around you until I kind of finally came to my own sort of yeah. conclusions about everything. So to, to me, this this in itself is sort of like a song that kind of speaks to me in a in a spiritual mm-hmm. way for someone who's not particularly that spiritual. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's kind of the reason why I enjoy it so much. Yeah, uh, I agree. Like uh, the message is is fantastic in the album, and and really what the message is is about you know kind of picking out hypocrisies and being able to criticize something and and something as big as the church even. Right. Um, which I agree. I actually have a very similar kind of mentality and connection with this song where, you know, when I think back to my relationship with religion, it's, it's very minimal compared to a lot of people basically because of the way you put it. Like I, I definitely went to Sunday school every now and then, but it wasn't because our family did that. It's because I wanted to go hang out with my friends and they right. went to Sunday school. Right. And so I did that until I just kind of stopped really wanting to do that and that not yeah. be a thing. Um, and this, 
this song, the way that it really picks apart some of the hypocrisies of the church, that things that need to be fixed. What, what I do like is like, it's not, speech isn't saying like, oh man, all religion is bad. You know, speech is a very, no. speech is a very religious person. You know, he, yeah. he, he's a believer. And, you know, he, what he's saying is the fault here is pretty much man is that, you know, these right. churches, these churches created by man are, are just wrong. They're telling you to cope with, with your problems. It's like, no, 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 you yeah. shouldn't be coping. You should be fixing your problems. Right. Um, and to me, this song really hate, helped me feel like, you know, I can critique things. I can critique the church. I can look at it logically. And then when I felt like I looked at it logically, um, you know, I kind of went a different route. Right. I'm not saying this song turned me into an atheist, but maybe it did. Uh, but maybe it, it probably helped me on my way <laughs> to become an, to, be, to become a good atheist boy. Um, and that's what, that's what this song kind of does mean to me of getting, getting to where I am in my own mentality and my belief system. This song helps me get there. Yeah. And it makes, and it kind of brings me back to thinking in that style of being like, yeah, man, I, I like that I can, uh, it kind of makes me feel supported. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, but yeah, other side, parts from, from the way you mentioned about the the song itself, the song fucking moves. Like it's yeah. got really good flow to it. Like uh, Speech's lyrics and his flow are really uh, at probably the top of the game for this album on this song and maybe yeah. maybe another one later. Um, but it's it's definitely one of those hidden gems that, yeah, oh, it's not, you know, one of their singles, but you listen to it and you're just like, yeah, I do keep coming back. I do come back and listen to Fishing for Religion just to listen to this song. Yeah. And it is a damn good one. And speaking of fishing, we're going to move <laughs> yeah. on to our, our next song, uh, which is Give a Man a Fish. song kind of uses the the old proverb of you know give a man a fish he'll eat for mm-hmm. a day teach a man a fish he'll eat forever and use that as their as their sort of hook yeah part or their, <laughs> their, their, a pun <laughs> hook the fish uh, or the chorus uh, and the song itself uh samples a song called when it comes down to it by minnie ripperton Sure, I have to go. I know at one point I actually listened to that song, and I can't remember if it's the bass line that gets sampled mm. or if it was something else. Yeah, I mean that, that is one thing I like probably the one of the best about the song. Like that, yeah, a, that kind of bass line is it's got a good funk to it, and it's kind of it's yeah. nice. Um, it's a cool it's it's a cool beat. I like what they did with it. I like the samples for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good song. It's probably not one of my top, yeah, you know, five on the no. album or no, anything no, like no. that. Maybe middle of the road. Um, it's a little long. It's a little long for me. It does. It's it's a fine. It's a fine song. It's definitely not a great song. Yeah, the way we put it. I don't. I don't think I skip it usually. Mm-hmm. But I think what hurts it is you're just coming off fishing for religion, and you're like another fish song. Okay. Um, <laughs> but also like it's bookended. Like the one after this that we'll you know just about get to uh-huh. is one that I also really love. So I'm just kind of like I kind of listen to this one just to get to you. <laughs> and I don't. I don't really like love this one. It's got a good message. Uh, but yeah. the song itself, it feels repetitive, and you're right. It just kind of like it feels like it drags just a little bit, and I'm just like, all right, come on, come on, get to the next one. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's fine. It's a fine song. Yeah, it's fine. All right. Speaking of you, not you, Adam. Oh, not you, me. No, song. no. Okay. Just spelled with the with the letter U. Just spelled with the letter U, and that is our next song. Oh, yeah. 
day to my dismay, I imagine being innocent. The only 21st letter of the alphabet. All my life I've been searching every day for you, for you, and you could be the you for me too. I have to say, I don't think this is the sample that they used, but at the very beginning, you have that weird sort of bort bort sound. (laughs) Every time I think of, like, the Swedish chef. Uh Uh-huh. I think of the Swedish chef rapping the song. Ding, ding, bort bort. Yeah. Um, But I like how it starts, and then it kind of, boom, jumps into a much faster beat. And that's when we really, that's sort of of when the song really starts. Yeah, you get, I mean, if you can get through that kind of like that long intro that they're just kind of like, they're kind of like just jamming again. I guess you're kind of right. It kind of just feels like, oh yeah, they'd just be riffing. They'd just be jamming like this is a live concert. And then they're just like, all right, we're done. Boom. We're going to kick it into gear. Yeah. Uh, That's definitely how I feel. But I'm a big fan of this song. I think it's one of the more Mm -hmm. underrated songs in the album. It is so catchy. It's one I find myself keeping going back to. Um, I love the message, the message about love and marriage just in general that mm-hmm. this one has. Um, but also for me, like this is probably my favorite, like speech rapping song from the album. Like his flow, I think his flow is so good. Like he starts and he does not stop on this song. Uh, yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a fan of, um, like, uh, chopper rappers, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, tech nine Twista. Buster Rhymes, like the ones, the rappers that can go super fast and, <laughs> and like it, it, and, but still like articulate every little thing. I find it right. so interesting and so fun to listen to. And this isn't, you know, exactly that, but this song has a nice, quick, speedy rap to it. And I, yeah. and I appreciate that too. And that's probably what helps bring me back to you. It's definitely a hidden gem. Mm-hmm. It was one that, uh, going back and re-listening to the album, I kind of, when I got to it, I kind of had the remembrance of, oh, yeah. Oh, now I remember this song, mm-hmm. especially after I got through the intro. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I kind of, you know, it started like, okay, I kind of remember this. And I remember, like, it kind of took forever. And I, look in, I looked at the time, and I was like, oh, man, is this, like, you know, four-plus minutes of just this or almost <laughs> five minutes of this? And then this when the song switches and it sort of kicks into gear, then you're then I kind of, it came from, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, this song. Oh, this yeah. is so much fun. So, yeah, I kind of I agree with you. I, I especially because it's a style departure mm-hmm. from more. You know, it's unique among most everything else in the in the album. So you, um, it makes it sound. Ha- oh, uh, I'm sorry. That was not not good. Nah, that was horrible. Yeah. All right. So uh, now we move on to the next track, which is called "Eve of Reality," uh, which I think is probably another kind of yeah. transitional. It is a very short little interlude. It is kind of a nice uh, change of pace mm-hmm. because you just got done with you. Yeah. And it, all, and it very much slows down. It gets us back to nature with this. Um, I I so wanted there to be something on top of it. Yeah, I agree. Like, it seems like a great opportunity for some. And maybe, you know, I'm just spitballing the idea here. Maybe it's something that they used where he would freestyle over it mm. or he would hmm. talk over it while he was moving but they love the beat so much that they included it on the album since they are kind of they seem to be going for like a concert vibe all the way down so yeah i agree that would that would make a lot of sense or maybe you know he would say exactly say like a little message or yeah do do kind of like a um yeah a poem or something would be really good on top of it yeah but uh yeah it's it's not one i listen to really ever but it it's a nice instrumental that the get a lot of the nature sounds it kind of helps set up the next song pretty well yeah which uh, we talk about nature sounds, and the next song is called Natural. Checking you out, you're all alone. No one is clocking you, but I'm scoping you. Staring right through you, staring into you. Your beauty is endless, and I'm hoping to explore. Brothers say you're ugly, but I disagree. But in a way, that's fine with me, because I want to travel with you. Travel in your mind, because you seem like a virgin. Free as a wind blows, tall as a tree grows. Wild like nature, yet calm as a field. Hair is natural, lips are natural. Face wins first place, you appear to me, girl. Let me ask you for some time for us to unwind together, etc. I've nothing but pure intention. Everything will be, will be natural. 
All right, so this song samples uh, the song Sunshine by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I love the message in this one, just sort of, you know, being natural, not being fake. Yeah. You know, you can it can it can be taken so many different ways. You know, they talk about, you know, women, you know, looking natural, not yeah. having to kind of doll themselves up. But I think it could be it could be interpreted as more than just that. Yeah. You know, it could be, you know, not just being being yourself, being mm-hmm. natural to yourself. Yeah, I agree. And I agree with the message completely. Is that all you have to say about the song? Well, no, 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 not at all. Um, okay. Yeah, it, it's it's a decent song. The thing I like about this song probably the most is well, I mean, it's got a really good sound to it, like a good a good good simple beat in the background and then like you overlay it like the with like the little piano sound kind of thing coming yeah. in. Um probably one of like I again, I do like the lyrics, but Speech's flow is not my favorite on this song. Mm-hmm. It's probably like just the way that they're they're doing his rap is not as strong and i think it could have been better um, but it's still a decent song i don't really tend to skip it but it's not one that i go back to on its own i do like like the kind of the vocal sounds that they've got you know they do ha- add some good little layers you know it's the mm-hmm. the like that part i'm a big fan of that one like i kind of yeah. want more of that in the song and i, don't, <laughs> I want more of this like those you know oh beer here's a simple beat and then here's a little piano you know, accompaniment, and then here's ooh that that vocal layer on top of that, and then yeah, I just uh, for some reason the thing that doesn't catch me is is the kind of the rhythm of the rap itself on the song, mm-hmm. but everything else okay. about it I do like. Yeah, that's a it's a and again you know it's a nice flow into kind of uh, this album is does a really good job of kind of bringing us up, bringing us down, um, and not making the transition feel too uh, sudden. Mm-hmm. Kind of feel it feels like a constant up and down ebb and flow, but not like a herky jerky up and down ebb and yeah. flow. Um, I that's that's more or less all I have to say about natural. Yeah. So it's good. All right, so let's move on to probably not my most favorite song on here, but definitely one of my top five favorite songs on here, which is Dawn of the Dreads. The sun takes a bow for a day well lit. Next act is night with an audience of brothers and sisters Having a celebration of souls Meeting one another, hoping soon to be loved Sisters have always fascinated me The many shades, the many sizes and features Such a wide variety of African women Sometimes leaves me frustrated and speechless I try not to admire what I can't obtain I have things beyond my reach don't exist to speech Seeing how I'm a bit shorter than the average man Wait for someone I can reach. Many sisters don't understand my stat. I live my life in an outcast tribe. A tribe that strives to see a brighter day. I foresee that I walk with closed eyes until dawn. Alright, as someone who uh you spend a lot of time playing bass as well mm-hmm. as drums. I love this song, for especially for that bass line, which is simple, yeah, but funky. Yeah, it is funky. It's it's a it's interesting. There's a lot of space within that within that bass line, but it's still funky in itself. And, and I think the drums help that by filling in some of the space. But you know, you notice the bass line. Yeah, is so. it is it? Sla- it sounds like it's slap bass or like imitating well, slap bass, but I don't it know. If sounds it sounds like it's a. It sounds like it's a keyboard. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. With the I, slap I bass sound, but yes, yeah, it's, the, okay. it's it's the slap bass sound that they're going for. Yeah, I mean, you, know, you can tell it's definitely electronic, and it's not like a legit like a legit bass. I feel right. Um, yeah, but but it, yeah, it just kind of got like that slap feel to it. That uh, almost Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, but I uh, know I I love this one. I love the I love the hook. I love the chorus of it. Yeah, the chorus particularly is probably my favorite part of the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of the I don't know. It's just it's 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 it's, it's catchy. It's, it's definitely it's ca- a catchy yeah, song. It is definitely catchy. Yeah, for me, it's not in my top five in the album. It's it's you know in that middle to lower lower middle um, type of song but i definitely have no issue listening to it and and whistling through the song i do like it and i like the funk so it's it's a good song for sure all right and i I like the name of the song dawn of the dreads instead of dawn of the dead it's just cool (laughs) (laughs) i like a good pun man (laughs) (laughs) all right all right so now let's uh, move on to their highest uh, charting song probably their most popular one 
probably yeah. the one that most people associate. Yeah. I'm guessing. It was, also, it was their first single, and it's really what put them on the map. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Uh, and that is the song Tennessee. Tennessee. great song yeah that that chorus is is really memorable um it's just one that you know kind of i feel like it sticks in my head a little bit uh yeah definitely popular definitely good good strong song and i'm glad you know that this one helped boost them up so so much yeah they uh they actually sample quite a few things in this song they uh, sample alphabet street by prince okay yeah in here i'm definitely Um, a fan of prince so that i like that even better i guess i didn't i didn't pick that out but i i appreciate that yeah, um, they also sampled a, a Joe Tex song called "Papa Was Two T O O. Okay, and they also use the most sampled drum beat ever, uh. which was from a song by James Brown called "Funky Drummer." It was just a jam session song. I've heard of this song before. Did you talk about this one before? Possibly. Yeah. Um, the drum beat, the drum break in that song, which was played by uh, Clyde Stubbenfeld, who's now the most sampled drummer ever, uh-huh. um, has been used on countless albums. Yes! The rhythm, the rebel, without a pause, I'm lowering my level. The hard drama, where you never been, I'm in. You want styling? You know it's time again. D. Not just and not just hip hop, just all kinds of stuff. So um, unfortunately, I don't think he really sees any of that money. But oh, really? Damn! I was about to say, like, well, man, I'm, I'm glad he's James getting his Brown money. Brown probably does, but I don't think Clyde uh, Sevenfield does. Yeah, probably. I mean, not. he's got the notoriety; people know his name. Yeah. Aside from being James Brown's drummer, just because of this. But the song itself, I love it. I love the message. I love mm-hmm. you know. I love the the chorus. It's fun to sing. It's a great song. It's one that you know definitely keep coming back to. Uh, this song actually won them a Grammy for best new or be, sorry, won them a Grammy for best rap performance by a duo or group uh, in 1993, and um, they beat out Beastie Boys, Check Your Head, House of Pain, Jump Around, Crisscross Jump, <laughs> and Public Enemy, Greatest Minds. Okay. Greatest, sorry, greatest misses. Uh, those those songs all were nominated, but lost to Tennessee for um, for best rap performance. And I, I think deservingly so. I, I, I absolutely. One, I mean, I love jump and jump around as much as you know. Yeah, as, as, are, as much as the next white boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but this not, song definitely was the best one out of that group. This has this has more to it. There's depth to the song where there's not with jump around <laughs> or jump. Um, but yeah, this is it. And, and, and actually the, the Arrested Development also won another Grammy award in 93 for best new artist. So, okay. um, yeah. So I, I definitely think Tennessee is worth everybody's time. Go, go check it out. It, it is interesting having like, you know, their single, uh, and one of their biggest hits being like the second to last song on the album. 
um, where right. normally like you make sure or you put those up earlier, but they kind of space out their hits. I feel pretty decently or like just yeah again yeah I this is an album I want to listen all the way through because the good songs and this stuff I, I mean pretty much all of them are good, but the ones that I want to listen to most are all over the place. So I'm just like all right, I'll just let it ride. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. All right, uh, and that brings us to our last song, which I don't know. As you know, I as we've done these album reviews, most of the time I found the the last song is not one I either not <laughs> not that I don't enjoy it, but it's one I it's not something that leaves me wanting more, which is I don't know. I almost feel like that's what, how how the album should end. Like the album should end, and I should immediately want to turn it back on and start all over again. And a lot of these final songs don't seem to do that. And I, I don't know. And this this one, it, I'm going to say, it's not a bad song. It's just not mm-hmm. one that I definitely go back to. And it's called uh, Washed Away. There is a mighty someone. Someone much more mighty than the serpent. In fact, there's someone that created everyone. Up the ocean without a paddle is the fabric of God. The righteous clothing. And we wear non-righteous clothes of the serpent. Nively so, we keep on sewing. The ocean's owned by the serpent. The ocean's owned by the serpent. The ocean's owned by the serpent. I mean, it's an interesting use of samples and sounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, felt somewhat similar to how the album started. Yeah, with Man's Final Frontier. It's yeah, to me, it's kind of like they're they're two sides of the of the same coin where they have similar elements to them but where man's final frontier starts you off like kind of pretty quick and just punching you into it this one is just kind of like it lets you chills you out at the end of the album it just kind of lets you wash away and you're just kind of like all right you've, you're finished with the experience yeah so uh, that's a fair yeah. assessment yeah when you, it's, honestly when you put it in that way it makes it makes a little bit more sense for it i guess yeah but i mean i agree it's it's one that you know much like man's final frontier i'm not going to go listen to this song on its own right um i don't i don't love it by any means but uh i i really only listen to it yeah when i'm listening through the album um or i put on tennessee and i just kind of forget to pick a next song and washed away starts going but it's yeah it's it's you know i think it's part of that experience of the album more than it is on its own song you know i just i just kind of realized that there's a something that i kind of feel like i'm contradicting myself on something because I talked about like I, I don't like how some of these and well this one ends very chill oh <laughs> but there's another album that ends in a very similar way that I love uh-huh. and that's the the album Morning View by Incubus oh and their yeah. last song Acquiesce Transmission yeah that's a great song love <laughs> that song I love yeah. that song and it ends in a very similar way I yeah. kind of contract my so I, I I'm probably gonna have to take back what I said and that is the end. Of yeah. three years, five months, and two days in the life of dot 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 by Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. Adam, final thoughts. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned, this album will always have a place in my heart. It's one of my favorite albums. That's why I definitely, when we were coming up with lists, this is one of the first ones I think that I mentioned. And it's definitely one of my all time favorite hip hop albums, you know, period. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty much this one and Aquemini. Uh, by Outkast is like my, those yeah. are like my top two favorite hip hop albums. Period, um, and yeah, I just I'm a big big fan. I love the messaging. I love that you know this group just sends a message of total inclusion of let's just be better, smarter people. And it because a lot of this stuff that they talk about are completely relevant today. Every mm-hmm. pretty much every single message is something that should still be taught and you know needs to be preached a little bit more than it than it was yeah. um but yeah i mean it's it's an album where if you want to you know f- try to make the world a better place listen listen to this album listen to yeah three years five months two days in the life of and it's gonna make you feel better it's gonna make you smile and it might make you think and that's probably mm-hmm. the most important part of this album it's definitely an experience and i i completely recommend for everyone who's never listened to the whole album, listen to the whole album on a whole. Take some time out of your day, take an hour or two to just, you know, put on the album all the way through, sit back, relax, listen to it, take in the experience. Um, and you'll find your own gems in this album that you like. You know, I'm I've 
I found it interesting. One of the things are, uh, have been doing these album reviews or what other than like some of the main hits, what songs you and I pick out to mm-hmm. become our favorite and how different they can be. Sometimes they're the same, but sometimes yep. they're ones where, you know, I'll say, I don't really like this. And, and you'll completely be on the other yes. end or like, that's yeah. the greatest song on the album. What are you talking about? <laughs> and I have a little bit of the, of the opposite. So you can pick out your own ones, but it's, oh, it's so good. Great social me- social messages, great use of sampling, good rapping. Uh, I I can't speak highly enough of this album. So yeah. overall, great experience and definitely something you need to listen to. Yeah. Um, I don't think we'll probably talk about any other Arrested Development albums just because, no. you know, I mean, this was definitely the one that was the most nostalgic for me yes. um, without question. But... Uh, as I mentioned, I do love them a lot. So I just want to throw out to anybody else, if you like this album, 100% check out their other stuff. Uh, they came out with their their second album. Um, Z- I'm going to screw up the name. Ziga La... Oh my God, I can't even... <laughs> Zing La Maduni. Ziga La Maduni. I think that's how it's pronounced. But that album was almost a commercial flop for them. It just, it had good, uh, you know, reviews and, you know, the critics really liked it, but people just didn't connect to it as much for some reason. But that mm-hmm. one continues the social messaging. It continues some really great beats and songs to it. So I highly recommend that album in the least. You know, if you like this one, 100% check out their second studio album uh, and then, you know, keep going because I, I just am a big fan of them in general. But... Um, they're they're awesome, and then Speech's solo stuff is fantastic. Um, Spiritual People is probably my favorite album by him, or Poopla. Those are both great, absolutely great. So anyway, just check out AD, check out Arrested Development, because if you're a fan of you know songs that make you think, and if you're a fan of hip hop, this this is the group for you. All right, and that is our our review of Three Years, Five Months, and Two Days in the Life of. Please join us next time as we are joined by Irish comedian Blaheen DeBurka from the Tri Channel to discuss the 1990 movie Edward Scissorhands, the long-running cartoon series SpongeBob SquarePants, and we do a recasting of Edward Scissorhands. If you'd like to contact us, you can email us at blastfromourpast@gmail.com, at gmail.com, or you can find us on most social media at at blastpastcast. And if you want to support the podcast, you can find us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. Mm-hmm.